Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 96 at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week, we're going to be talking about road trips, one of our favorite things to do. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about traveling with kids, not one of our favorite things to do. (laughs) No, certainly not. But considering that we don't actually have any kids, it would mean we'd have to abduct someone else's kids, or perhaps worse, have them foisted upon us before we started any trip. But we are aware that some people do have kids, and lots of people with kids do want to travel with kids, so it's kind of an important topic. Uh, This is just getting a bit ridiculous. Let's kick into it. Today's road trip podcast is sponsored by VRBO.com. It's a great opportunity for travellers to rediscover the world from behind the wheel. In fact, this year everyone's looking to save money, and as travellers, I bet you're looking for a unique experience without blowing your budget. I know you're probably asking, how can I have a unique vacation and still save money if I have to pay for the hotel room or two rooms if I'm travelling with friends or family? The answer's simple. You could stay in a vacation rental property instead. VRBO.com, which stands for Vacation Rentals by Owner, provides a great alternative accommodation for extended road trips. In vacation rentals, you can stay longer, have more space for less money, save on meals by cooking your own food in the kitchen, and get the inside scoop about local area activities from the owner. When we're planning a road trip, we make sure we have a, a, at least a direction in mind, if not a destination, but we're never too strict about where we need to be or where we're going to be staying each night. That's right. We haven't road tripped for a while because ah, the kind of travel we've been doing recently hasn't really lent itself to us. But um, when we're back home in New Zealand, we road trip all the time. We totally love it. And because I suppose it's kind of our home patch, we're a bit more comfortable with things. We don't feel like we've got to totally overplan. What we tend to do is have a, a tent in the back, a map with campsite marked, and a whole bunch of information in the glove compartment. Yeah, the advantage of road tripping with a tent in the boot of the car is that you can just stop wherever you want, give or take. Um, and what we like to do is go hiking. So it's great if we unpark the car, walk into the forest for a few hours, find a campsite and um, chill out there. It's great. Yeah. When we're doing that, we do tend to plan a little bit more because we've got to think about the food we've got to carry. <laughs> yeah, when we're just indeed. road tripping, we'll often just stop in a town if it catches our fancy, stop in at the holiday park or... Um, a dock campsite, which is a, a cheap Department of Conservation place to stay. And, yeah, dispatch the tent. Yeah, it has led us into some problems in the past, though, especially yes. with heavy rain. Yeah, I remember once when we were in Napier, we um, we pitched the tent, and it was just pelting down, pelting down. Now, there were three of us, me, Craig, and a friend, and I was sleeping in the middle. Craig and the friend both got totally drenched because it was raining, and I was nice and snug and warm in the middle. <laughs> so I guess that leads on to something else that I was thinking while traveling is how many people you bring with you, enough to keep you dry. <laughs> <laughs> Worked for me. We found that three or four is a really good number. Of course, if you're just a couple, then traveling together is good. But having the third person was really good for, you know, having someone else to talk to. Yeah, four's okay, but five gets a bit cramped in a sedan, so you might want to consider moving up to a van if you're going to have that many people with you. Yeah, we found just having three, we we kind of expanded to fill the space in the car. With four, the boot was getting a little bit packed. Yeah, good thing about three is that the person in the back seat can have a chance to sleep. This is true. Can really stretch out, you chuck a blanket and a couple of pillows in there, and it becomes really comfy. One thing you need to think about is busy periods. When we did our big kind of South Island road trip, 
we didn't really consider that some of the places we're going to were huge tourist destinations, like Fox, which is a small town in the South Island of New Zealand. And we rocked up there in the rain, because apparently it always rains in Fox, and everywhere's packed out, everywhere, everywhere. We went to every single hostel, every campsite, everywhere, everywhere, and everything was packed out, except there was one, one tiny little campsite at the back of a hostel where we could stay. So we managed to get that, thank goodness. Yeah, this was the last available place inside, I guess you could call it the civilization of Fox. I don't know if that's (laughs) pushing it a bit much. But it was the last available place. And uh, we pitched our tent, and the rain was truly, truly torrential. Oh, it was shocking. So we pitched our tent, left all of our belongings in the car, just so we had our tent up during the the light period, and we quickly decamped ourselves to the outdoor spa. It was good, except for the empty wine bottles at the bottom of the spa. It was a bit weird. Yeah, that was pretty odd. But once again, that was a night where Ange and I woke up wet, Linda dry. This is wonderful. Do you see a pattern developing here? I had no problems with that. But it just just goes to show that at busy periods, it's worth booking in advance. If you're planning on being somewhere that's a real tourist hotspot, Think about where you're going to stay and give them a call. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than trailing around places after a tiring day's driving, especially when you're road tripping with family, which we're about to do once more. In fact, by the time you listen to this, we're about to be heading down through southwest Australia with uh, my dad and stepmom. But we've planned it better this time. When we were in Scotland, we were also with Craig's dad and stepmom. And we didn't really have much of a plan. We thought we'll kind of go north and then cross and then down and kind of a big circle thing and we'll work it out as we go. And that was fine for a bit, but we got to um, to Aberdeen and there were just no places. There were no places to stay. We managed to find a hotel room for them, but that was the last hotel room in that hotel. And uh, there were no other hotel rooms in all of Aberdeen. So we managed to stay in a hostel across the road, but it was just really weird. We just couldn't find anywhere. It was, and it was strange because it was a, a hostel of the old school, so oh, they yeah. had separate dorms for, for guys and girls. Yeah, that was um, strange. Yeah. So we've planned a bit of this time. This time, we've planned where we're going to go. We're still doing a round trip, but we've decided to do three days in one place, two days in another place. We've completely booked our accommodation. So we'll get to the first place, and then we'll kind of explore that place and its environs, and then go on to the other place. Yeah, it takes away some of the spontaneity, but it's also taken away a lot of the stress. And so that's a really good thing. And I think it's probably saved us money as well, because it meant we could look into how much things were going to cost, choose something within our budget, instead of showing up and having to choose something quite expensive, because it was the only option that there was. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before you get in the car, you're going to want to stock up. Now, we've talked about taking a map with you. Um, You might also want to either take a list of phone numbers in your mobile phone or if you're flash and have some kind of uh, wireless internet access on your phone, you could be sweet there. But I'm thinking of more important things. What? I'm thinking of stocking up with food. Yeah. Absolutely. My my family was big on uh, road trips when I was a child and we always had barley sugars. Now, I absolutely hated barley sugars. Most people don't even know what they are. They're, They're a particularly sweet. New Zealand form of torture. <laughs> I like the uh, the crystal mints and the, um, it was, this is all the same brand. They're all just kind of glucose, glucose sweets, you know, wrapped. And I like the, the fruit ones, especially the red ones. They were very good. So I'm sure everyone's got their favorite type of sweet. But one thing I've realized is that with great sugar highs comes great sugar lows. Well, this is true. (laughs) 
And so, so you just need to keep eating sugar. That's right. You've got two options. You either <laughs> go on the kind of Red Bull sweet sugar high, or you kind of try and moderate it a bit with equal amounts of fatty, oily foods. You know, like chips and you know corn chips and more potato chips and. I just don't think we're expressing quite what we want to express. <laughs> One thing that we often did when we were travelling was made sure we also had some fruit in the car, maybe some dried fruit, or we'd pick up some grapes or some apples. And mm. they were great for feeding to all the cows and sheep that we met along our journey. You are a bad <laughs> person. <laughs> we're supposed to be influencing the world for good, not for sugar. Okay, thinking about sugar, then let's move on to drinking. And I want to encourage you to think about your toilet breaks. Oh yes, and to remember that caffeine is a dehydrate. Yep, the more coffee and the more Red Bull you drink, the more toilet breaks you're likely to need. This is true. It's always worth having a bottle of water with you, and you can, you know, replenish that when you stop to get petrol or whatever. Juice is also good. Soft drinks not so great, and yeah, Red Bull I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, that's right. The air conditioning in the car makes me, for one, really dehydrated. And I think, as people who are driving, it's really important to kind of stay alert. And water's a good way to do that. Definitely. Well, once you're actually on the road, I think having ideas for things to do is good. But having something to do every fifty kilometers or every hundred kilometers isn't the best idea. Do your research, but chill out. Yeah, when we find somewhere beautiful or interesting, we just pull in. You yeah. see signs on the side of the road, you know. Just be spontaneous. Yeah, it's basically gone to the point wherever we go. What is that? Is it less than five kilometers away? We take that little detour and go and find out what on earth it is. Yeah, sometimes it's a complete waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we've wasted a lot of petrol doing that. But we've found some real treasures too. Yeah, I especially liked Monkey Island. Oh yeah, Monkey Island. That was good. Nobody knew New Zealand had monkeys. It's because we don't. Yeah, until, well, you we left. <laughs> <laughs> You're going the right way for a smack in the head. And that's something else you often hear at road trips. <laughs> Try and chill out. A relaxed car is a happy car. Now, how can you kind of fit in the demands of everyone? It's like that thing we've said before. If you're traveling by yourself, you'll see almost everything you want to see. If there's two people traveling, you're lucky to see half of what you want to see. There's three people traveling, a third, and if there's more than four people traveling, you may as well just go down to the pub and forget about it. But you'll have a good time. Oh yeah, you <laughs> always have a good time. It's always worth trying to communicate as much as possible. You're driving, so you're talking, so you might as well say, "Does anyone want to do this?" or "What do people want to do?" Communication does break down, but you know, just give it a go. Yeah, one thing that I was thinking is good to choose.、Um, If everyone at the beginning of the trip chooses something that's not negotiable, so the one thing they really want to do or really want to see, and you plan it right from the outset, and then at least everyone's got that one thing they're keen on, and、point. you can plan around it from the beginning. Although that, I mean, that's a very good idea, but it has fallen apart for us in the past, where you know that one thing is closed, or that one thing. Just as it's far too expensive for half the people on the trip, or something like that. Yeah, I mean it's not always possible, but、um, you know you do what you can. At least you've got it out in the open, and there's a good chance to negotiate and sort it out. 
So as you listen to this, we're probably somewhere deep in southwest Australia. We're pre-recording it, and on Friday afternoon, we're taking off from Perth and heading down to Margaret River. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to leaving Perth, for one thing, but I'm also looking forward to getting to Margaret River. What's that happy look, Luke? <laughs> You're so looking forward to leaving Perth, huh? <laughs> I've been so sad about leaving Perth, but in the last week... I've changed my mind. Just get me out of here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's not weird how that happens. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, as I was saying, I'm really looking forward to getting to Margaret River on the other side of the coin because it's famous for its wines, and I really want to try some. Yeah, and I'm still glad that I don't have a driving license. You? It's awesome. You're just not doing very well today, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going down to Margaret River. We've got our accommodation booked, and all we know, all we have planned is we're going to go to some wineries. We're probably going to hire some bikes and explore, you know, the town and some of the surrounds. Apparently there's a very nice beach in Denmark. Yeah, we're going to head down to Denmark then. And maybe a treetop walk or something. Yeah, I'm keen on the treetop walk down right in southwest. They've got these huge big trees related to redwoods or cowries. And um, they've put in a suspended rope walk above it. So I think they're actually called carries, which is extremely similar to cowries. Very similar. They so, just yeah. stole our name. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the idea, really. This is honestly how much we've planned. We've got the accommodation booked, so we know where we're going to be each night. And we've got some idea of the attractions along the way. And we're just going to be spontaneous and explore. Well, we're going to be traveling around southwest Australia, which I think is pretty mint for road tripping, as is New Zealand, which is where we're from. Our sponsor, VRBO, thinks that Europe is pretty cool for, for traveling around as well. I mean, only in Europe can you completely discover new worlds when driving for less than a day. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you can see the Pyrenees, the Alps, the Louvre, the Leaning Tower of Pizza. Just as you tour around, they're all so close. Yeah, while these destinations are perfectly mapped for the ultimate road trip... Western Europe is also notorious for really high accommodation prices. That's right, and that's where VRBO.com comes in. Um, they feature more than 5,000 for rent-by-owner vacation rental properties in Western Europe. There's choices in every European country, which isn't bad going. I mean, the nightly rates are as low as $90 in Paris, €70 Euros in Rome, €40 Euros in Prague. It's pretty good. And you can stay as long as you'd like and wherever you like without feeling cash-strapped. That is pretty cool, but one thing, or sometimes more than one thing, that makes people feel cash-strapped is children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and because we have no idea about it at all, and because of our kind of pained childhood memories of, you know, if I have to turn this car around... My parents were very good with us as children. I don't think I would have wanted to travel with me as a child, but you know... <laughs> They had a lot of patience. <laughs> anyway, I decided to uh, have a chat with Australia's family travel expert, who's Nick Bowditch, from nickbowditchtravel.com. He thinks preparing is even more important, and it has to be more detailed if you're traveling with children. So let's hear from him. I think there's, there's sort of three main things for us. It's, you know, how far do we think we're going to get each day? or each session, so either a morning or a night or overnight or whatever, or maybe even each hour, you know, and, and really plan it ahead. Um, decide where you want to stop. Fast food restaurants, without naming any, uh, the ones with playgrounds and, and 
that are up for good spots to uh, to stop. Also, parks and schools, they all have playgrounds. And in the school holiday periods, you know, the, the school playgrounds are generally able, you're generally able to get in and uh, let your kids run around. The most important thing, of course, is just to wear them out completely <laughs> so that when they get back into the car, you'll have some peace and quiet. And the third thing we uh, always suggest about is uh, to prepare is to pre-book your accommodation. You know, don't be driving around uh, some deserted little town at 11 o'clock or midnight looking for uh, somewhere to stay. Well, that's really good advice for thinking about preparing for a trip with your kids. But what does Nick recommend we take with us? Well, apart from the kids, um, there's a few things I reckon are, are pretty essential. Things like tennis balls or footballs, anything that you can throw around with the kids at a park or a playground, just just to completely wear them out, is, is a good uh, is a good thing to pack. Um, also, audio books, you know, things with podcasts like this one or DVDs in the car um, are pretty important. The most important thing about that, of course, is to remember to take the headphones so you don't have of the Explorer all the way in your head. Um, Crumb-free and mess-free snacks. You know, nothing too sugar-laden, nothing that's going to make them too kind of jumpy or fired up. And drinks with sealable lids, obviously very important. All these are obvious, but you don't, you might not think of it on the morning you're actually heading out with a car full. Um, baby wipes or wet ones, as they're called in Australia. Fantastic things for just uh, for sticky fingers as well as um, other little uh, accidents on the upholstery. Um, you know, the two other things I'd suggest is always have plastic bags. You know, not, I'm sort of not in the vein of telling everyone to have more and more plastic bags, but they're really good for putting rubbish in or dirty nappies, diapers, things like that in. And the last thing is fill the car up, particularly the back where the kids are, with pillows and quilts, you know, things, anything that's, it's all very comfortable kind of thing when it's crammed in with the kids in the back and, and you'll, you might get a bit more peace and quiet, longer sleeping sessions that way as well. Now I really like Nick's ideas of uh, tiring them out, so I wanted to know more about kind of rest periods and sleeping and waking while travelling on the road. Oh for sure, I mean and, and you know that's one of the most important things about having a, a peaceful journey is let the kids sleep you know when they want to but, but also wake them up periodically, there's nothing worse and trying to wake up, you know, uh, a six-year-old after being he's been asleep for four hours, and you're finally at the destination, and, and he's like a zombie, you know. <laughs> so it's important to sort of main, maintain or, or look after um, when they when they sleep and when they're awake. We also talked a little about rest stops and also how to deal with bad behaviour inside the car. Yeah, look, I think uh, apart from sort of uh, really regulating when, when they're sleeping and when there's non-sleeping happening in the back, you need to make sure that everybody uses the bathroom at every stop, whether you or they think they need it or not. You know, the how much further, how much further thing you'll, you'll avoid a bit more if, if you've actually made everyone go at every stop. And the last thing I think, and, and it sounds a bit sus, but I think it's important, don't be afraid to bribe them with things, you know, um, it's quite quite easy to say, you know, if you'll stop just repeating that over and over or if you'll stop fighting or punching your brother or, or whatever, if you do that for one hour, then we can stop or we can go to somewhere else or we can get out and play or whatever it is. You know, kids, are, kids are reasonable if you're reasonable with them. So I think if you, um, well, most kids, so I think if you can sort of set some rules, set some boundaries, say at this time this will happen if, you know, if you behave and if things go well, then, you know, you might spend stand a bit more chance of getting there with uh, your sanity still intact. Well, thanks heaps to Nick Bowditch for coming on and talking to us about all this cool stuff. Um, make sure you check out Nick's travel site, which is nickbowditchtravel.com, which specialises in family travel in Australia.
Yeah, it's excellent. Uh, before we finish up, I just want to mention our show sponsors one more time, VRBO.com. They were established in 1995, and they're the largest vacation rental by owner site on the internet. They've got over 115,000 listings in over 100 countries. So no matter where your travels on the road take you, there's a vacation home that you can rent. Best of all, it costs nothing to search VRBO.com for listings in the US, Canada, Caribbean, Central America, South America, Europe, and Asia. That's over 100 countries. Yep. And if that isn't enough, VRBO.com is committed to providing you the most trusted marketplace for vacation rentals. You can book your next vacation rental on VRBO.com and get the free home away rental guarantee. And it's one of a kind protection of payments up to five grand. Five grand ain't bad. Yeah, it's always good. So thanks very much, VRBO, for sponsoring this episode of the Indie Travel Podcast. Ooh, exciting news. Our competition is finished, and we have two very happy competition winners. So congratulations to Keith and Kristen from the USA. Yeah, they've won... Oh, All sorts of cool have? stuff. Yeah, we had from globalbagtags.com, we had a digital luggage scale and several security tags for people's bags. And we had one rough guide for each of them. One was about making the most of your time on Earth, and the other one is the Ultimate Adventures one. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And also Quest for the Cash Bar, which is a tie-in to a new PBS TV series, which is going to be on in the States. So it's very exciting prizes. That's right. And we're going to have reviews of all of those things on the Indie Travel Podcast over the coming months. So drop by the site, IndieTravelPodcast.com, and check out that, plus all of the other excellent articles that people have been writing. Yeah, we've got some really good authors on board at the moment, yeah. and they're doing really cool things. One of my most delicious ones recently was the Macan time in Singapore, all about food in Chinatown. I just try not to read that article anymore. Oh, I, just, <laughs> I just look at it, and it makes me drool. Well, I think that's us for this week. I hope you guys are all having a great time. And until next week, travel well.